Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Really excited to have you guys here. We have a fantastic guest for you today, Vern Harnish, who is the founder of EO, uh, the company Gazelles, and author of three best-selling business books, including uh, Scaling Up, as well as the very popular and influential Rockefeller Habits. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm personally very excited to welcome uh, Vern Harnish to the program. Brent, glad to have be on the show. Very nice. So, so Vern, um, you know, I I was in uh, EO Accelerator many years ago, and I think somebody uh, handed me a copy of. Uh, the Rockefeller Habits. And then, um, so I had heard of you before, but I think it was maybe two years ago, I was at Digital Marketers Traffic and Conversion, and you were one of their main stage keynotes. And, you know, lots and lots of very great content. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things at business conferences, you're like absorbing and absorbing and absorbing. But then there was one thing that you put up on uh, the, 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 the keynote screen, and it was a quote. And it said, uh, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And I'm not even sure how much time you spent uh, on that. But I remember writing that down in like really big letters in my notebook. And then it actually became my mantra for that year that sometimes, you know, it's so easy as an entrepreneur to get distracted and to get uh, to get sucked in from some shiny object. Um, and I just want to thank you that that quote has, you know, still two years later, I literally, my, my, my journal for this year, my gold journal, I found myself early this year getting distracted again. So I, I pulled a Sharpie out of my desk and I literally in just big, you know, big block letters wrote that on the cover of my, of my journal because I was like, I just have to keep focused on the main thing. Uh, and so I think that that quote has been very profound for me. And I, I don't even know if you were the original uh, uh, person for that quote, but I just wanted to open today uh, to talk about that main thing quote. Good. Yeah. I really wish I had originated it, but uh, it is my second favorite quote of all time. And it is, you're absolutely right. It's the hardest thing 
when you've got a thousand things on your to-do list and you're in the papers and the emails are piling up for you to be able to calm yourself down and get clarity around what is the main thing like next, let alone today, this week, this quarter, and this year. But uh, it is at the heart of being uh, successful moving things forward. And it was the, it was the thing that uh, John D. Rockefeller's coach, Ivy Lee, taught him. And, was, and he taught many of the industrialists back then, 100 plus years ago, which is, you know, before you go to bed at night, uh, take out a piece of paper and make it. And he suggested very specifically a list of the top six things you need to do tomorrow. But the key is to make sure you put them in order and only work on number one until it's finished. You don't get to work on number two or number three, because often the thing we really need to get done is so big and hairy and nasty that we want to do anything else. But uh, so it's being clear, really, what is the one yeah. that you're accomplished. And I think in reverse, if you do, uh, then you really make progress. You feel much better about yourself and then you can go tackle all the rest of the stuff. Uh, but it's a tough discipline. Yeah. I find myself having to ask myself, you know, that question of even when new ideas come uh, to the table and I'm, I'm definitely a high quick start entrepreneur and I get this new thing and I'm like, oh man, this is so exciting. And then I have to just go, wait, hold on. What's the main thing? You know, what 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 do we what did we already determine as a business that we're focused on this quarter or this year? Is this pulling me away from that thing that I already had set down and said this is going to be my big my big you know thing for this year or this quarter, um, as you said? And so that's just been a you know asking myself that question of is this the main thing? Um, you know, even in my family and personal life, just you know what is the main thing that I'm working on right now and just taking a pause. I think I, I love that that you know before before you go to bed you make that list and um, just take that that brief moment of pause before you go into the day because it is really easy to wake up and just check email and then before you know it it's like 11 30 and you're like, oh, like i've just an email today i might as well go to lunch now right no and that's why it's important to know what is that kind of 90 minute period give yourself a break you got the other 22 and a half hours to do email and eat and sleep and all the other stuff and play candy crush if you want to but if you can set aside, and, and I think it's important to just say 15 minutes, but in a peri- time period where you think you might have 90, because I also find that if you, if you make it too arduous, then you never do it. So you just say, all right, this is the 15-minute period, 1030, uh, like clockwork, I'm going to work on what is the number one. And that little simple discipline uh, is powerful, but it's also helpful. It's why we did the one-page strategic plan and the one-page personal plan in the new book, Scaling Up, is it is important to know what is the one thing for the next 10 years. And that may seem impossible, but Mark Zuckerberg's laid it out for, uh, for Facebook. And then that gives him uh, a sense of what then he's got to do this year. And what's interesting is he's picked his number one focus inside Facebook for this year. And he's made it public and once you've got that for the decade and the year, then it makes it easier, much easier for you to choose what is it I need to do next or today. And so that's why there's a little bit of a sequence here. I think that's very profound. Um, and one of the, but one of the things I want to talk about today, uh, especially with you, because um, you have, I mean, your books are extremely rich with 
you know, how to, you know, scale up, right? How to, how to make that jump from uh, early stage business to, you know, clearing the, the multi-million dollar uh, level. And I think for most, uh, most business out there are, are less than a million dollars, right? So most digital agencies out there, probably most people that are listening to this show right now are somewhere in that space between like maybe breaking into the six figure to a million. And then there's probably some folks out there that are over a million dollars. And I know that, um, you know, you mentioned in your books kind of some different things that people should be thinking about and focusing on. And that's one of the things that I found was really profound about reading your books was that um, some of the things that we think we should be working on at those early days um, might not be the things we really should be focused on. Is there is there a different, um, you know, what are those different things that I should be focusing on as an entrepreneur at those different stages? Well, you know, in the very beginning, you know, the lean startup phase, you have to say yes to everything. You know, you'll take any business, you'll you know, work with anyone possible, you'll take on things that you might not even feel like you're good at, but hey, you're going to use it as a way to learn. You're just doing anything you can to create some momentum. But there really is that line, Marshall Goldsmith named his book after, which is what got you here won't get you there. And at some point, and it's usually 36 months into the business uh, to maybe five years, you've got to decide, all right, I've now done enough different things. I need to start figuring out what I'm going to not just specialize in, but hyper specialize in. And that is, that's one of the, the failures I find with a lot of, a lot of companies that then fail to scale is they don't pick that hyper-focus. So I'll give you a very specific example, it, and it's in a related industry. You know, it's SEO, it's kind of advertising and marketing. And a buddy of mine, Arnie Malham, started a company down in Nashville called CJ Advertising. And, you know, there's a you know, digital marketing advertising agency popping up every minute. You know, every college student who can't find a job but can put a Wix website together. <laughs> Uh, which we are is, all very familiar with this problem in this in this right. space on this show. <laughs> well, this is how my son started. He's now at third year at the European Institute of Design and in uh, digital graphics. But he started by doing Wix websites, you know, for me and for my wife Julie and and whatever he could piece together. So, but here's the most important decision CJ made or Arnie made with CJ Advertising. He said, "Look." I'm just going to work with lawyers, but not just any lawyers. I'm only going to work with personal injury lawyers, but I'm not just going to work with any personal injury lawyer. I want to work with personal injury lawyers that are in cities large enough to have an NFL franchise. You know, we're going to call them NFL cities. And I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to work with one personal injury law firm per NFL city. And then I'm going to make them a very simple brand promise through our marketing and advertising, I'm going to make them number one in their market by a factor, maybe two or three over number two. And that was his hyper-specialization. Now, what's nice about that decision around strategy, it's a little bit like Domino's. You know, we're going to deliver pizza 30 minutes or less, or it's free. If you can state your strategy that simply, then you're going to be much easier to execute and you're going to know what you have to work on today. Well, he, he succeeds in making this happen. And what was beautiful is if you can help 
the first personal injury law firm in that NFL city, become number one in their marketplace, laser focus on achieving that. Now you've got the kind of reference client that you can begin to build on. And he built that company then throughout the entire United States, just sold it a couple of months ago, but he had insane, first of all, his marketing costs were practically nothing because of his reputation in that very narrow industry. And his margins were great because these guys will pay a lot in order to become number one. And then what's beautiful is once they became number one and they said, ah, I don't really want to pay Arnie all of this money still. If they would fire Arnie, then because of his hyper-specialization, he just gave him permission to go work for number two in that market and help them become number one. And so in a way they were trapped. And we call this strategy blackmail, which is a really great strategy. So hyper-specialization is the single most important thing any company needs to do, uh, focus on, let alone those in the digital space. I think that's very um, interesting. So kind of that, so this, this, this is a, a, an issue, right? Pops up somewhere between three and five years. And I, I'm sure a lot of businesses maybe find that they're able to, uh, you know, build uh, a small agency, a couple of people, and then they hit that kind of mark. I don't know if it's like 250K or three or four or 500K. And they start to hit this kind of ceiling because they're doing so many things. And I know when I was running my agency, I mean, this happened to us. We, we found that it was very difficult to build the processes and the systems and the the training, things like that, when every project was unique, every client was unique. We really were just servicing everybody at all the time. Like we started kind of getting up to that mid six figures and then we had to say, whoa, 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 maybe we should do fewer things, um, but do them better. And then when we did that, we were, we were able to start to put processes in place and documentation and, and, and design our seats better versus us having to be intimately involved in every single project because they were all different. Um, and, and that helped us go from kind of that half a million up to the seven-figure range. Um, do you see that it correlates, you know, you mentioned this time in business. Does it also correlate with about how big they are as a company or what, what should you be really focused on outside of hyper-specialization in that kind of 100K to a million-dollar range? Well, we do talk about in, the, in scaling up that there are three fundamental barriers to scaling. And the first is leadership development. You know, nobody taught us how to do this stuff. Uh, and I've got an MBA, which supposedly teaches you how to run a large company. And there's, you know, incubators and startup classes on every junior college campus. But what it takes to get from startup up to, like I said, seven figures, nobody wrote the book. So it's why we wrote the book, to give people some of those skills. So that's all outlined really in scaling up. So first, get yourself educated. Uh, the second is, as you said, it's become systems and processes. A buddy of mine run a digital agency, was at about 28 employees and needed to put in a, a, a project management system, something more formalized in order to be able to take on additional uh, projects. And nobody was using the system. And he had to make it one of his quarterly themes to get everybody just on the project management system so that they could get their processes in place. So he called that scalable infrastructure. But the third one is marketing. It's really developing, and, and what's interesting with digital agencies, it's kind of like Shoemaker's Kids, <laughs> uh, 
Um, Great marketers, just not so much for themselves, right? (laughs) No, it's precise. It's like IT service firms have the worst IT infrastructure because they never can get around to do it for themselves. And so the big thing I learned from Regis McKenna, who taught Steve Jobs and Intel and me, when I was starting the Association of Collegiate Entrepreneurs, you got to set aside an hour every week. I still do it to this day, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. And you have to have a marketing meeting separate from sales. And you're going to work on two things. Um, The thing that Regis McKenna's team taught me, which is take a piece of paper out and write down the 25 names of the key influencers that you need to get behind your business in order for it to scale. Uh, And then number two, work on the four P's or the four E's of marketing you know, product, price, place, and promotion. But I'll give you a, I'll give you a kick example outside the industry that it might be helpful. So my buddy, Tony Hartle, opens up a sun tanning salon in Dallas. And back when this was a big craze and there weren't all the, the skin concerns. And he was just one of like a hundred others they were opening up in Dallas. But he took his piece of paper out and he said, all right, what names do I need? What reference clients? Who do I need to bolt on to this business in order to really give it visibility and scale? Well, what's the biggest brand in Dallas that needs a suntan? And that is the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. And so he works it out (laughs) where he becomes the official suntanning salon of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. And I'm telling you, every digital agency needs that equivalent reference client that is visible, well-known. It's like, hey, if they're choosing me, there must be a good reason. They must be good. Now, second thing he does, and this is back when Mark was single, was the other biggest name in Dallas, Mark Cuban. So he gets a hold of Mark and he goes, guess who I've got hanging out at my suntanning salons? And it's like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Make a very long story short, Brett, he gets Mark to be the voice of his radio ads in Dallas, Texas. Now, if you're a suntanning salon and you got the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders as your reference client that you're able then to talk about on the radio with Mark Cuban, who owns the the local sports teams as your spokesperson, it's like game over. You're done with marketing. And that's why it's critical. When I bolted on Inc. Magazine and MIT to fledgling YEO's name back when I first launched it, we went from 150 to 1,500 members. Um, I wouldn't say overnight, but we did over the next seven years because we had that that marketing power and brand uh, behind us. And so to me, that's the most important next decision these digital agencies need to make is make the list and get these people to get behind the business. I actually remember you had us, uh, I don't know if you brought that up as just a slide at traffic and conversion, or if you actually gave us time to do that. I remember actually creating that list of, I don't know, my, my 25 influencers within our market and just looking at that list of people and then, and then thinking like creatively, Oh, you know, how could, how could these people help me or even just getting in contact with them and brainstorming? I mean, that's something that I try to do routinely. Um, and actually it, it has made it into our, our, uh, one of our programs. Um, we had our, our, uh, our pro members recently do that. One of our guys, 
uh, did custom development integration for the platform called Zero, and it was funny because uh, he was, you know, we were talking, and and I said, well, who who could be really helpful? And he kind of went through like these different accounting firms, and I'm like, well, do you have a relationship actually with Zero? He was like, oh no, I don't. And I was like, okay, that's probably your number one, right? And he just got approved as one of the dozen, you know, Zero developers out there. Yeah. Um, and so I think just making that list and thinking about that is a is a really powerful exercise. And I think that's you know key takeaway from from today's session, guys. If you guys are listening. Um, is, is make that list, right? I mean, those simple things, kind of like the main thing quote, like those very, very simple things that sometimes it's hard to reference the the scaling up textbook and think, okay, what do I need to do at all times in my business? But some of those simple uh, to-dos that can have a profound impact are, are awesome. Um, you mentioned- well, let, me, yeah. let, me, I, let me go a little deeper on it. I know we only have a few minutes, but I often like to go, I'd rather go deep on a couple ideas than broad. Um, and- What's important then is to me, let's go back to your original question. The main thing, to me, the main thing every day should be a who. It should always be a who question. Who is it I need to get to today? Uh, As a customer, as an advisor, as a reference, uh, somebody that can get me leads. It's always a who question. That's how you scale is through other people. Now, how do you get to these people? Yeah, let's let's be real practical about it. So I I wanted to get to Greg Brenneman. This is one of the top turnaround guys in the United States, if not the world. I mean, he turned around Continental Airlines and Burger King, and I mean, this is he's got a fund twenty billion under management. I mean, he really doesn't need another friend. So what you do, and he's become now a friend, is you put their names in Google Alerts, and you put the name of their company. And then you get to know their assistant very well. And so you call up, you, you have the receptionist get you to their assistant, you treat them out of respect, uh, and you got to give before you receive. And if the simplest thing you can do is give your attention. And I remember the real turn, turnaround point where the relationship started to blossom is I was sent an alert that he was receiving a pretty significant award in the state of Kansas. And I spent some time in Kansas and I knew about this award. And so I used it as an excuse to send an email to his assistant to pass on my message to Greg. Congratulations on this award. And I, you know, talked a little bit about it and the like. And that connected us. And that started then the conversation. And so utilize the technologies in order to track these people and their activities and use that as an excuse to reach out. The, the other big idea is you can get to anybody through their charities. So whoever it is on your list, find out what is their charity of choice and then get involved and you will meet them through that charity and build a relationship that's not initially business. And then that has a chance then to blossom itself into business. So there's a couple of very specific hints. I love the focusing on the who. Uh, my theme for last year, I always come up with a personal theme. My theme was who, not what. And and so I tried to spend more of my time as a leader uh, answering not, you know, what are we going to do? What's the to-do list? But who is the person that needs to make this happen? And and I think I was I was I was like eighty two percent successful in that yes last year. I mean sometimes you know even even with uh, with people sometimes you get the wrong people, uh, and that's probably a, a conversation for its its own podcast. Um, before I know we only have a few minutes left, and I, I wanted to talk uh, briefly about um, 
you catalyzing and, and founding an organization that I'm, I'm a part of uh, called EO. I was a part of Accelerator uh, many years ago and then have been a member of EO, um, the Colorado chapter here, for a couple of years. Um, and that's been a profound influence on me as an entrepreneur. Uh, so thank you, <laughs> one. Uh, and then the second part of that is, you know, what do you, can you just give us kind of some of your thoughts or beliefs around um, that kind of community, that support, as well as... Um, kind of that mastermind concept. I mean, EO is very different than a lot of organizations in that it's um, it's very much member-driven. There's there's not like paid consultants that are necessarily leading forum and things like that. Um, what, are, what are a couple of your things or suggestions to people around how to find that community and the value that that could have in their, in their life? Yeah. Well, Brent, thanks for being a part of the organization. You know, as you know, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. In fact, I was just in Hawaii this weekend and the family, kind of EO Family University for the Western group of chapters. And we had a beautiful EO 30th celebration uh, there. So it's been going on all year, year long. Um, I, I shamelessly stole with permission from an early mentor of mine, Joe Mancuso, who founded these CEO clubs, a very simple idea. He said, it's okay to be independent, but no reason to be alone. And, and I don't know if you know, but Entrepreneurs have one of the highest rates of depression. And one of the things we've been having more open conversations about, in fact, we even did in my presentation uh, in Hawaii this weekend. And so the organization really was founded with that idea that you're not alone, you're not the only one going through this stuff. And that if you could get in a small group called a forum, it's almost like a SEAL team, and learn a particular protocol that helps you bond and go deep and and feel that you can trust and have a place where you can share some of those deep dark secrets that you don't feel you could even share with your you know loved ones or your partners or anybody that's in the business and so at the heart of EO is this eight person typically forum that meets once a month for two to three hours where we are there to kind of share and care and, and help each other, both on the personal and professional side. And then we have chapters where we have great educational events, and then we have uh, regional and global universities where you can go and meet folks from all over the world. We have 12,000 members now worldwide. And our big difference was you had to get at least to that million-dollar mark. But we have the accelerators you were part of that says, all right, if you would like to get to a million and you're not there yet, we've got this program where we're there to support you and to help you get up there to where you then can qualify for the organization. So it's a bunch of entrepreneurs all in the same boat, having the same issues, there to support and, and teach and kind of care for each other. And it's made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, I can I can personally attest to that and, uh, and thank you for that. And I think uh, those insights, whether that's through EO or whether that's through um, uh, some other kind of program. I, mean, I think there, there's a lot of them out there these days. I mean, I think the main uh, thing that we try to, to, to encourage people is to to overcome that. There, there, there really is no need to do this, do entrepreneurship by yourself. Um, I mean, that's I, I tried to do that for many years. Figured I got this. I'll, once I figure it out, then I'll then I'll join a community. And and I think the thing I really learned after joining Accelerator was uh, it's better to kind of figure it out with other people along the way. Um, do you have? Well, a, let me yeah. mention, so let me mention something, Brad, along that line. That because again, I realize that a lot of these suggestions we make can feel daunting 
And so someone just said, oh my gosh, I got to add to my list to go find. So start simpler. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith had a very important idea that uh, I've utilized now for a few years. And that's the importance of getting a peer coach. That's different than a mentor, different than an advisor. It's just one other person. And for me, that's Sebastian Ross. We've, you know, our families are roughly the same size and he's got a business and I've got mine. And, and the idea is to look at your one page personal plan and business plan. And even if you don't have those, you sit down with each other and say, okay, what are the four or five things I'm going to do more of, less of, or different every day? And to be a better husband, better father, and a better leader of my company. And then we report to each other every day. Now, Marshall suggests a phone call. We've never made that work. Uh, but we send an email to each other. And it takes me like 20 seconds. But it's amazing when I said, look, for instance, I need to reach out every day to one influencer that can help drive our new scale-up executive program. And I then have to report to him every night, did I do it or not? And it's amazing the power of having that accountability partner and friend to kind of hold your feet to the fire. And if you're slipping, to have someone to chat with that day. Um, so don't go find eight, you know, go find one person today and start this process with them. And you can look up uh, Peer Coach. You can Google it, Marshall Goldsmith Peer Coach, to get some more details. That's great. I think that's a, a fantastic takeaway. The the do more of, less of, or different, and even doing that every day. That's that's pretty incredible. I think that's that would be a great habit to um, adopt. Uh, Vern, this has been um, a fantastic interview. Do you have time to do our uh, four lightning round questions? I do. I'm I'm here at my son's school. I have to pick him up here in a few minutes, but let's go. All right. Um, what is the best advice you've ever received? That was from Regis McKenna to make that list of influencers. And it has driven every initiative I've, I've led since. Awesome. What is, uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Lately, it's meditation. Uh, I'm a big Ray Dalio fan in his book, Principles. And Ray, you know, the largest hedge fund manager in the world, he's been meditating twice a day for decades and pays his, to have his employees learn how to meditate as well. And it's been unbelievably powerful for me. So learn to find your favorite way to meditate and start doing it. That's been a, a recurring theme with a handful of our guests over the last six months. That uh, that's that's been a personal habit that has been uh, referenced a lot. So we might have to do a special uh, agent, digital agency uh, show edition on meditation uh, here soon. We'll see if we can work on that. Um, and uh, can you share an internet resource or a tool that you use in your daily life that you think our listeners would find valuable? I I don't think people use the Google Alerts capability nearly enough. Um, I've got all kinds of keywords in there around my industry, hobbies, interests that just amazingly keep you informed. Uh, so I think it's one of the most powerful and simple tools. Yeah. And I loved your tactic today about using that, um, as kind of an automated behind the scenes tool to, uh, keep track of those people that you're trying to reach out and connect to. 
Um, well, and so- all your customers right now. Hey, Ooh. don't worry about making your other list. Take right now your <laughs> list of your top 20 customers and put their names and their company names in Google Alerts because you don't want things happening in to them and about them that you're not aware of. In turn, if you are and you use as an excuse to reach out to them, they're, they're going to be massively impressed because nobody does it. Mm. It's so simple. It's so it's like sending a thank you card. It's so bloody simple, but nobody does it, and that's why it's special. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and I know you have uh, you have your books, which we are going to uh, link to in our show notes. But besides your own, what book would you recommend, and why? Well, I I've publicly stated the number one business book I feel's ever been written is Eli Goldratt, Rest His Soul, the Israeli's book called The Goal. And it was just recently republished in a visual format last fall. And it teaches one idea, the theory of constraints. And that's your guide for deciding what is the number one thing I need to focus on the most next. You've got to go to where the constraint is in yourself, if that's between your ears, within your business, a process, or ultimately in the industry. And... And it's and the analogy I use is a river. You know, there are no straight lines in nature, Brent. That's a human creation. And what a river does is it follows the path of least resistance, the easy path. And if there is some obstacle in the way, it finds a way around it. And that's really your guide for scaling a business, is seek the path of least resistance. When you identify the constraint, that's what you want to work on and get rid of and that's going to be your best guide. So, The Goal by Eli Goldratt. That's a fantastic read. Highly recommend it. Um, can you tell our audience how they can find out more about you? And is there anything that you have that they can check out? You know, the easiest thing is to remember the name of the book, Scaling Up. And so, you can go to scalingup.com. And we've got a free bonus chapter there on strategic planning with a sample one-page strategic plan. Uh, we have free the one-page personal plan section out of the book, so you don't have to buy the book. With that, all of our tools are there to download in all the various languages, all the other books that I reference around people, strategy, execution, and cash. So just it's rich with a lot of resources, uh, all up there for free, uh, scalingup.com. And hopefully they sign up for my weekly insight that comes out on Thursdays. I've got about 75,000 now folks that get that every Thursday. And, and many tell me that it's, it's extremely helpful reminders uh, on a regular basis. Very cool. We will link out to all that stuff in the show notes, guys. So if you are on the road right now or on a run, um, just check out our website, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Find the Vern Harnish episode and there'll be a summary, key takeaways, as well as links to all of Vern's books, his websites. uh, And we'll probably just link out to some of those free resources as well. So hopefully lots of folks listening today check out more stuff from you. Uh, Vern, this has been an absolute pleasure of mine. And uh, just I, I, I personally have lots of notes from today's session. So I hope our listeners, uh, I know they got lots out of this and I just want to, uh, uh, thank you for taking the time to stop by our show today. Tune in each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow and scale your digital agency until next time. I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the digital agency show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out? Cash crunched? 
Fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.